This episode of Adventures in Aurelia is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict, Fred on Fire, Evora Dawn, and Powerful Condor on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com slash adventures in Aurelia. And welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Caitlin. I play Tempest, a water Genasi ranger. I'm Krista, and I play Ariel, an Asmar divine soul sorceress. I'm Chantel, and I play Kanina, a tiefling sorceress. I'm Chris, and I play Rim, a human paladin. And I'm Damien. I'm the DM. And for those that haven't listened to our sort of podcast history episode, um, we do want to announce that we are officially a part of the Gunna Geek Network. Gunna Geek is a network of podcasts that focus on, as the name would imply, geeky topics. Um, There is shows like the official Gunna Geek show, where the hosts talk about things going on in geek and tech culture. Um, One of my favorite segments on the Gunna Geek Show is actually Stargate Pioneer's Space Symposium, where he goes over the history of space travel in the U.S. and the rest of the world, and he also covers current news, and especially in 2021. There is a lot of current news about space travel right now. Other shows are like Better Podcasting, which I used to learn a lot of what I know about podcasting, and ourselves the uh, first full-time actual play podcast on the network and we're happy to have been able to take the opportunity to join them in the past year and we look forward to the things that being a part of their network can bring to us in the future before we get started with today's episode i wanted to note that this is our first episode back after a long hiatus due to covid this episode was recorded on july 24th 2021 Our previous episode was recorded on October 17th, 2020. Without further ado, previously on Adventures in Aurelia. As the party makes their way back to Port Norsal after defeating Grimfang, they run into a creature none of them have encountered before, a centaur. The centaur introduces themselves as the old guardian of the forest who had been driven away by the gnolls and thanked the party for their work. As night falls and the party rests, Kanina dreams of another meeting with the red dragon, Doiton. Ariel dreams of another encounter with Grimfang. Rem dreams of a duel for his fort. And Tempest dreams of drowning and meeting her father. So, we had left off on evening on the 4th of Mananon. As you guys approached the gates to Port Norsal, the cart is drawing its way towards Port Norsal, and the party sees before them a very bustling city. Port Norsal is the main hub of the Icelian Plains region that you guys are in. It is the largest port in the northeastern coast of Saval. And as such, it is a very important place for trade and transport of goods and services. As you guys approach the gates, you notice that there are a lot of people approaching the city 
and some of them are being stopped by the guards at the gate. Does the party just approach the gates of the city on their own? Yep. Is there like a line because people are being stopped? The gates to the city are very large, so not really a line is forming, more of kind of a knot of people. And you see as people are going up, it seems like the ones that are carrying trade goods are not having a hard time getting through. However, ones that are more traveling on their own that seem like it's more of a personal venture are being pulled aside by the guards. Hmm. Okay. I mean, we have to go in, so... And I believe it was Rem and Ariel that were riding. I don't know if that was the day before or this day, but I do remember that Rem and Ariel were um, riding on the front previously. Um, you guys can go ahead and decide who who's riding where. Well, I think we had mentioned that we were going to take turns at the beginning, and Ariel started, so I think it would have been Rem and Nina. Yeah, I feel like uh, Tanina would have probably gone up to at least switch off driving with him at some point. Obviously, we have to go through the gate at some point, so I'd imagine we kind of go up to the gate, and if we're stopped, we'll stop. Yeah, it's like we're not going to try to barge through, but we're also, you know, we'll probably just go through like normal unless they call out to us. As you guys are approaching the gate, there is a guard that finishes up talking to someone, points over at your cart. Oh, you there. Come this way. Like the whole cart? Or just us? I mean, if if you want to stop the cart in the middle and get off, you can, or you can veer the cart. Is he waving the cart over, or he's like, I need to talk to you? He's waving in your general direction. Okay, so yeah, just lead the cart towards where he's telling us to go. Business or pleasure? Uh, Business. business? Business. Okay, so you're not here for the Midnight Carnival. There's a carnival? You didn't even know there was anything <laughs> going on. We're returning from Lyft's Rest. Ah, a few days away from the city then. Yes. Okay, um, many of the people here are coming in for the Midnight Carnival. Um, so I just wanted to make you aware that room and board is a little tight here right now. All right. If you would like to stay in the city square, there are a few options that you could take. There is Farron's Favor. I hear that if you're willing to spend a little more, then they have rooms available as well as tickets to the event. If you would like to be a little bit more frugal, but still stay close, then there is the Limping Sword Tavern. It is on the opposite side of the arena from Farron's Favor. If you wish to bypass the event entirely, which many would recommend that you go, it's kind of a once in a lifetime experience. Rooms over by the docks should be fairly wide open right now, or you could find a room a little bit further away from the city square. All right. He starts to wave you on and he notices the damage on your cart. Uh, if I may ask, you, you said you came from Lyft's Rest, so yes. the village of Starin. Yes. Uh, which way did you happen to take to come back? Uh, the main route. Ah, so you, you did come along the Norgeld Road? Yes. You see him look to the side of the cart. Did something happen? Did, did you happen to have a null sighting? There was a null problem. And you guys are okay. You managed to get... You look the guy right in the eye and be like, was. We took care of it. What do you mean you took care of it? I mean, we got rid of most of the gnolls. We took care of their leader, and uh, we're on our way back home. We're part of the Adventurers Guild. That's kind of our job. Interesting. The, a rumor has been circulating recently that 
a group of people, madmen, were going into the woods to take care of things. We were uh, contracted by Lyft's Rest Blackguard. I see. Okay, um, I don't know how to take that news, but based on what I'm seeing here, I, I will have to send word over to, to uh, the Blackguard and verify the claims, but... If you're saying that you've taken care of the problem, that would be great, because that would reopen a better trade route between us and Sterengeld. I mean, I do have a letter here that uh, is signed by the uh, leader of Steren that states that we've taken care of the problem. And may I see the letter? Sure. I'm assuming I have it in my bag somewhere safe. <laughs> yeah. Kanina will pull out the letter and hand it over to him. You hand the letter to him. He unravels it. Sure enough, that is the Blackguard seal. I recommend that on your stay here, you find the time to uh, speak with the Farons or one of the other leading families, the Aranor or the Marsk, to let them know what has happened. And where could they be found? Go into the city center, go into city hall, and from there you will be able to inform one of the secretaries what you have accomplished and they will set up a meeting for you. Okay. It's evening, and he goes, and I would recommend, it sounded like you guys are at least staying one night here. Yes. I, I would recommend that you make this more of a tomorrow experience. Of course, it is getting rather late. At, at this point, you, you may go. Thank you for the deed that you guys have done. And uh, if you choose to attend the carnival, then I hope you enjoy the show. I'm looking rather forward to getting off my shift and heading there myself. Yeah, it sounds fun. Kanina will take back the letter and then we'll settle back in and I guess head into the city. We'll move into the city slowly at a slow walk so we're not going to run over anybody. Yeah, because I imagine it's probably somewhat crowded around. And I'll uh, knock on the divider since I figure they're inside. Did you, did you guys hear that? Did we hear it? You can assume Tempest is asleep if there's nothing important going on. It's still the question. Did you guys hear that? No. What's up? So apparently there's some sort of event in the town right now. There's a carnival! We've been given some options on where to stay. Uh, probably a nicer place, obviously, close to the event is going to be more expensive. Or we can stay close to the docks for something a little bit cheaper. Tempest to like, grab her purse. <laughs> like, it's not like we're hurting for cash right now. <laughs> no. I say we get a comfortable bed and a nice meal. <laughs> Maybe a bath. We have two choices for the uh, more expensive fare. Uh, there is Farron's Favor or the the Wobbly Leg Tavern or something like that. We can check them both out or pick one if you want. I like the one that has the favor in the name. All right, we'll head that way. We'll head towards, because you said it was the, the arena. I'm guessing that's the middle or near the town square or something. So you make your way down the main road and things become fairly obvious as you continue. You can see a wide opening to the side that opens into a very large central square. As you look over it, you see like an 80 foot diameter fountain with a statue in the center of it. And all around the edges here, there are small market stalls that look like they're kind of a pop-up deal. And you're noticing that off on the north side of the square, there is a large circular building and decorating the outside of it are large purple banners that have a crescent moon that at the bottom of it has kind of a trailing cloud and a star in the center of the crescent moon. 
all done up in black. And in front of the arena itself, the uh, building of the arena, are a handful of stalls that are also carrying a similar black and purple striped theme. And if you enter the city square, then you will see on the closer side to you is a very large and seemingly high-end establishment that hanging on the little, like, door-hanging window sign is a F that Kanina would actually recognize as the F crest that you had seen before, and in very ornate gilded lettering over the main entrance, says Farron's Favor. And looking out across the crowd, you can see over to the other side, it's a smaller stone building that actually has a like gauntlet holding a sword, except it's inverted so that the gauntlet is up and the sword is pointed down. And you see written above that, the limping sword tavern. Mm. So Rimmel kind of stop in between the two and he'll look to the, to the one side and be like, hey, that's the favor, obviously, and I'm just told that across there, that sword one is the other one. Is it, uh, is the, this gilded lily here the one you guys really want to stay at? Uh, I'm rather indifferent, but, uh, sounds like our companions wouldn't mind staying in some place rather nicer, and I guess we do have the funds to support it, so. Uh, perhaps we should still see how expensive it is before we make the choice just to stay. Yeah, that, that's a good plan. First, I think we need to find a place to board the horses and the wagon. Go ahead and roll perception. 23. Uh, Rem sees off on the side of Farron's favor that there is a small stable house with um, a younger boy standing in front of it. Boy. Boy. Y- yes, sir. Do you board horses and wagons? That depends. Are you staying with the Farron's favor? Possibly. Possibly. We have not yet spoken to your innkeeper. Ah, so it is a consideration. Yes. See, it'll be three gold if you would like to have us watch it for the next few minutes while you head inside. Three gold for a few minutes? While you head inside and make arrangements, yes. Have to make sure that you're not just trying to offload onto us so that we take care of your horses. So is this a deposit? Will I be receiving this back? It could be credited to whatever you're choosing to pay for the room. Hmm. We'll see. He'll pull out three gold and hand it to the boy reluctantly making sure to memorize the young boy's face. <laughs> um, you see him pocket them into a small pouch that he actually holds in the front of his waist. All right, right this way, right this way. And he opens up the stable gate so that you can wheel the horses and cart in. Rim will do that. And he'll stop before he goes through the gate and give him anybody that wants to get off a minute before taking it into the stables. If they don't, he'll just take it. In. The horse pulls into the stables. It is a very large stable house. Like there is room inside of this to turn the cart around. And there's actually a couple larger uh, men inside that the horse can be unhitched from the cart and they can reposition it to better store everything. So the boy leads you into the stable to turn the cart around. For now, we're going to leave the horses hitched, but if you do choose to stay with us, then uh, we will go ahead. We will get your cart stored off on the back wall there, and we will make sure that the horses are taken well care of. Okay. Ariel's going to climb off, and she's going to grab a couple carrots and go give one to No Name, and then she's going to give one to Princess and be like, and pet Princess's head and be like, we'll be right back. 
Be good. Brim will just kind of roll his eyes a little bit, but he'll make sure to, you know, visually mark the two large men and, and the boy just so he knows what they all look like. And then he'll walk around to go into the favor. Before Ariel follows after Rem, she'll tell the stable boy, okay, now be extra nice to them. They've been through a lot. They're very good horses. And then she'll go after Rem. Sure, sure. I will be extra nice to them. You know, make sure she has just her important stuff on her, you know, letter and sword, that kind of thing. And then she'll go in as well. Yeah, Tempest jumps down. Big stretch. <laughs> Follows everybody else in. I didn't leave anything behind. You guys enter the Farron's Favor. And this is an establishment that has an opulence that probably none of you have seen before. You are immediately surrounded by ornately carved wooden sculptures, paintings, and intertwined around these are branches that almost look like they were grown into the shape specifically to help support this building. There is a fountain to either side of you as you enter the main entrance to the building, and they are both draining into ponds that you actually see small fish in. Wow, this place is beautiful. Have you ever seen something like this? Everyone will kind of look around, kind of sneer. And about a hundred feet or so in front of you, down this main foyer, is a desk that has two elven people standing behind it. Rimmel basically just marched towards them. Greetings, and welcome to Farron's Favor. I regret to inform you that we are a bit tight on rooms for the night. However, we can offer you our VIP package as part of the festivities that are going on tonight. It not only gets you VIP tickets and a booth seat to the Midnight Carnival, but it also gives you our penthouse suite for the night. Ooh. What does this cost? What's a penthouse suite? What's a VIP? <gasps> What's a VIP? Don't mind them. Um, The penthouse suite is the uppermost floor. It has a balcony that overlooks the city square, and the suite takes up the entire upper floor of the establishment. Ooh. As for VIP... It's a colloquial term for very important people, such as yourselves, if you choose to take this package. What does it cost? I want to be a very important person. That sounds like us. I yeah. think we're very important people. Uh, for the whole package, it's going to run you 200 gold. That is 25 gold for the four of you uh, for tickets to the Midnight Carnival in the Farron's Favor booth, as well as 100 gold to cover the room for the single night. Ariel's already, like, digging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tempest and Ariel are already counting out Let's gold. Like, Meanwhile, Rim hasn't moved. And he's just standing there staring at him and be like, uh, and the three gold we used to board our horses. Oh, you came on the horse and carriage? Yes, your stable boy has asked for three gold. Ah, um, we will reconcile that with him. But yes, that is definitely credited towards your room. So we're actually 197 gold. With the three gold that you already gave as a deposit, yes. I was not aware of that as you guys entered the establishment. 185. <laughs> Rim will turn around and start to ask the question and just be like, I guess we'll be taking that package. Okay, <laughs> He's so just seeing like gold being stacked. <laughs> for the, the meta purposes of everything, how are you guys paying for the room? 
or for the whole is thing. One of you, are you guys splitting that, or are we each paying a little bit? Uh, I don't care. It sounded like in character, these two were the ones dishing out I the gold. I just want to like clear up the meta side that it's not like a full party split. I don't think Kanina and Rem have gotten a chance to whip out their we're gold. Splitting it. Rem spent three gold on this. Two hundred. So we'll both do a hundred, and uh, Tempest hands Rem back three gold. <laughs> So, Ariel and Tempest begin counting coins out on, I'm guessing, the, the like side of this front desk. Uh, does this package include our meals at all and drinks? It does cover a small amount of food. You will be fed at your booth seat during the carnival event. And there are a handful of favors up in your room. However, if you would like to... Take in our dinner meal that will be an extra cost. See. And if you wish to experience the carnival first and see how it handles your fill and see if you wish to purchase more food afterwards, that is more than okay with us. Our kitchen will run all through the day and night. Oh, excellent. That's good to hear. 24-hour room service. (laughs) Especially for our VIPs. So yeah, she'll turn to the rest of the party and be like, well, since uh, you guys have gotten the rooms mostly covered, I figured I'd chip in for the majority of the food and drink costs, but we'll see what they have to offer at the fair because I'm really curious to try some uh, carnival food. Oh, the stuff that they offer at the Farron's Favor booth is lovely. You'll get to try a handful of elven delicacies as well as Lavier Dul Tavir. Lavier what? It is one of the most delectable elven liqueurs. Oh, fancy. Wait, do they have honey juice? What is mead. honey juice? She means mead. We do have some that we import from the dwarves of Sterengeld. We do understand that some of our clientele, especially living so close to the mountain, have their own distinct tastes. All right. I don't believe I've ever tried an elven fair before, so this will be exciting. And as Ariel and Tempest get the gold counted out and uh, slide it over to the two elves behind the desk, who the one that's been talking to you reaches underneath the desk, and the other one is the one that actually takes the coin from you, and you see almost too quickly they start counting through the coins like the way that their fingers move across start separating things out and grouping them into piles if you weren't actively watching them you would be surprised at the fact that by the time the elf that you have been talking to reaches up and hands each of you a small gilded leaf pin that has the Farron family crest stamped into the face of it the coins have already been stacked and counted These are how you will get into your room. And the elven person gestures towards kind of the center of the entire establishment. There is a large tree grown up through the center structure that you see carved as a hollow out of the inside of it is a set of stairs. And everyone go ahead and roll perception really quick. Ariel. Nine. Kanina. Nine. Rem. Fourteen. Tempest. Twenty-five. Whoa, you're perceptive. (laughs) Tempest notices that in the entrance to this stairway is the ever so slightest green kind of shimmer. 
I feel like this is like Tempest is actually finally getting to the good part of being an adventure. <laughs> you know, getting, to, yeah. getting to live it up. So you're, you're really gung ho. You know, this. you've been on the ship for so long and then we did just grueling stuff yeah, and dangerous and stuff. Now we're entering this like beautiful place. Like I could totally see Tempest just taking it all in. Oh yeah, definitely. And so they've, they've gestured over at this opening. These pins will allow you entrance up to the suite. And also as a bonus for partaking in the VIP package, I see that the four of you are travelers and you seem like very formidable travelers yourselves. Your armor can be cleaned and mended for you while you are staying here. And you will have a chance to partake in our spa. And in the morning, if you would like, we can send up one of our masseuses and each of you can get a complimentary massage. <laughs> did we see the shops when we were coming in? Like, did we pass shops? What kind of shops? Like a clothing store, a general goods store. You would have passed a couple just as far as space filling the the way that you guys take but the path that you took along the main road is mostly taken up by lodging so places for travelers to stay so that they don't have to get off of the main road and go through the city just to find somewhere to stay for the night all right so i guess ariel will be like if we want to do a bit of shopping for like general goods or clothing or things like that where do we go? Oh, well, with the carnival in town, we actually have a bit of a, a market fair set up out, outside in the very square that you guys came through. That There are hundreds, possibly even thousands of vendors that are set up all along the square. Now, if you're looking for something a bit more established, off to the east of the central square, you'll enter the market district. And there you will find more permanent uh, shops. Perfect. What time is it? It's nighttime, right? It is evening. Like you are approaching probably about 6 p.m. at this point. You haven't actually asked anyone when the event is supposed to start. After he says, I would be like, okay, they're probably closed for tonight. So maybe tomorrow? We could always check out the stands that are at the carnival. When does this festival begin? The festival has been going on since yesterday. But the main event starts in about an hour or so. The start of the main event of the Midnight Carnival, that is. And what's your name? My name is Tariel, and my associate is Elowin. Speaking of Elowin, would you go out and have the stable get their cart all taken care of since they are now choosing to stay for the night? And Elowin nods and walks off. So anyway... Rims is staring at, like, Ariel and Tempest is like, ugh. He's just going to turn and walk in and start heading up the stairs. because As Rem starts walking away, um, so will you be partaking in the armor cleaning and mending? Sure, I'll leave it by the door. I don't exactly have armor. <laughs> Get your, wa your clothes washed. Oh, sure. And Ariel's just be like, okay. Ariel, wait. <laughs> Undressing. <laughs> In the room. <laughs> we will give it to them in the room. Oh, I misunderstood the question. Do you uh, perform mending services on carriages? Um, If you would like, we can assess the damage to your vehicle. 
And from there, we will see if it is within our abilities to make repairs to it. It is not something that we offer standard, but it's something that we could possibly accommodate for you. I just thought I would ask, uh, since a couple of us don't wear armor, but uh, if you have, you know, mending services, it might be within your well of possibility. If not, no problem. I appreciate you looking it over. We will have someone take a look in the morning. Do you have time to wait tomorrow? Yes, of course. Okay, I wanted to make sure. And in case we, we got a little sidetracked, in case I didn't tell you, those pins are what will allow you up into your rooms. Do not lose them. You won't be able to get through the barrier without them. Oh, is that the shiny green thing? Yes. I'm impressed that you noticed. So Rim obviously is already heading through the barrier. Can I tell what kind of magic is on the pin? Like, I, I guess Kanita kind of wants to inspect it. She doesn't want to take it apart or anything, but... Do you have detect magic? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> you could just spend some time doing an arcana check on it. It's it, That's why I'm asking, depending on how quickly she wants to do it. I do not. Okay. If you would like, you can make an arcana check. Before you tell me this, are you doing this right here or are you doing this up in the room? On our way up. You know, I'm not making a big show of like, hmm, what is this right in front of the two elves? But, you know, I just I don't think she's being particularly. OK, that, that kind of just helps me decide what sort of DC this is going to be. Mm, um, 25. OK, then, as you're you're looking at it, you catch a shimmer of the magic in it. And knowing a little bit about magic yourself, you get a slight hint of divination off of it. Interesting. As if it perhaps gets detected as you go through a barrier and lets the barrier let you through. Kanina, you know, she likes to keep an eye on different magics, especially ones that she doesn't use as much because she does have a uh, desire to increase her repertoire. <laughs> so at this point, was everyone making their way up into the room? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, what happens if you try to walk through without the pin? Is it just a wall? You don't walk through. Okay. Here, hand me the pin. <laughs> I'm going to hand it to Ariel <laughs> and then try to walk through. You walk through as if it is a open doorway and are stopped in your tracks to a thump as if you just walked into a wall. <laughs> I will walk back to Ariel and take my pin back. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Ariel could have walked through holding both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Ariel wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would probably just wait because I want to see what happens. <laughs> you could see what happens from the other side. We don't belong here. <laughs> Ariel, go ahead and roll a perception check. 14. You hear Tariel mumble something under their breath as they walk away. You can't make out what it is. You just hear that they muttered something. Oh, we man. like you too. Enjoy your stay. Oh, they're just like, why do we have to put up with these people? <laughs> now are you guys all making your way yes. up in the yeah. room? Rim's probably halfway out there now. I was saying that I was on my way up as I was inspecting the thing. So, so you, you just heard this happening behind you. <laughs> Tempest and I are the ones doing the science experiment. <laughs> As you guys enter the VIP penthouse suite, you are met with a very open concepted room. As was stated, that stairway that you guys take up is pretty central to the entire building. And instead of having walls kind of carry up the spiral staircase that it is, there's about a half wall railing and you guys essentially just walk out of what would be like a tube 
you just walk out up onto the floor. You guys find yourselves in a central common area. Off on one side, there is a cooking and dining area. Towards the south, there is a sitting room that opens to a balcony overlooking the city square. And there are three separate sleeping quarters, each with a ornate carved door. And the carving is a large scale, very detailed leaf. And the doorway follows that same leaf shape. So as the door is closed, it is almost just a piece of the art of the wall. Mm-hmm. The cooking and dining area has a board of meats, cheeses, and dried fruits, as well as two bottles of wine. Rim will kind of walk around the area and also look for the, I'm guessing there's sleeping arrangements. He'll also look for a bathroom. So when you say that he's checking out the like sleeping arrangements, is it more to see what the actual rooms look like? Well, just kind of like to get the layout, because obviously this is a large, like you said, it was the penthouse suite, takes up an entire floor. So he's kind of just investigating what all the stuff is. Opening doors, looking in, closing doors. Ariel's going to go into one of the rooms and start undressing because that's what she was told to do. Rem, you do find what would serve as the bathroom for this suite. The bathroom is larger than the inns that you have, like the the rooms of the inns you have stayed in before. There is like a 10-foot diameter tub with a hot water tap on it. Um, As you investigate the bathroom, you find another door that, as you open it, is about another 10 by 15 foot or so room that um, is very humid and warm. There are a couple actual toilets that have their own privacy screens around them, and you see a very large shower, again, about a 10 foot by 10 foot area of shower heads all over. Um, is there a lock on that door? No. <laughs> Rim will go in there and he'll drag his pack with him and leave it near the door. And then he'll take off his armor and kind of bundle it up and put that outside the, the bathroom. And then look at everybody that's still outside in the main area and say, I'm going to take a shower. And then close the door and go to take a shower. Even though there isn't a lock, there is a large, like, folding semi-solid curtain that can be pulled around the showering area as well as one that essentially turns that round tub into a cylinder. (laughs) It's like got a track built into the tub so you can pull it all the way around. He'll he'll leave the screens where they are shower gym style. (laughs) Ariel, as you enter one of the bedrooms to begin getting undressed, On one side of the room is a very large, like larger than California King sized semicircular bed. Up against the wall, there is a ornate wardrobe somewhat close to the bed. And the way that the wardrobe stands up leaves a space behind it to the wall where you can pull a privacy screen out to be able to change behind the wardrobe or pull it towards the bed to be able to change in front of the wardrobe, depending on the situation. Well, she's not Willow, so she just goes into the room and undresses. Well, first drops her backpack on the bed and then just undresses, then walks back out. Did anybody see a bathroom or a shower or anything? 
Uh, Rem's already taking a shower. <laughs> you could probably take the tub. All right. <laughs> She's going to go looking for the bathroom and start filling up the tub to do that. Tempest is going to grab a bottle of wine and start eating some of the snacks. It is very good. <laughs> um, the two bottles, one is a red and one is a sparkling white. She doesn't know which she'll like more, so she tosses a coin or just grabs the first one. <laughs> so the the meats and cheeses are very high quality. You would probably know from the amount of travel you've done and staying in ports through various places in the past that the entire layout of meats and cheeses, especially coupled with the two bottles of wine, is probably about a 10 to 15 gold value. Hmm. At least we're getting our money's worth. Is this the mini bar? Didn't they say that there were snacks in our room? You did ask if it was part of the meals. So no, it is included as part of the room. Room service, that's extra. This is complimentary because we are a VIP. This kind of stuff happens when you pay that much for a room. <laughs> Does anyone have anything that they want to cover while you guys are freshening up in the suite? So Rim is scrubbing his hair, his body. No, Tempest would just be, you know, taking off her leathers so that they can get polished and oiled and... Do packs have extra clothing? You generally have an extra pair of clothing in your okay. and And we can generally assume that you guys have people clothes. I'm sure when uh, when Ariel found the bathroom, she would have been like, Hey, Rem, I'm going to take a bath. He's just he would have heard the water his head turn under on. the water. <laughs> no, I don't care. <laughs> He's butt naked. It's the first time you've seen him butt naked. Well, no, I was asking because he said that there was the curtain. No, Rem did not pull the curtain. All right. Rim just walked into the shower and started washing gym style. So you pay, you probably see him from behind and see his pasty white butt. Uh-huh. Got a nice butt for an old man. <laughs> <laughs> He's not actually that old. <laughs> no, but they call him an old man. Okay, we've we've gone here. Ariel, are you actually eyeing Rem in the slightest? Yeah, she's okay. got a nice butt for an old man. Roll perception. <laughs> Sixteen. I'm only going through this because you have seen it from the front. You recognize that the scar that goes down his chest has a mirrored scar on his back. I'm just going to be to myself. I'm going to have to tell the girls about this. Clarification for me, because I'm not, I don't know if we ever talked about this. Is the handprint only on the front? Yes. Okay. So it's a scar and then the front is a handprint over this. But yes, you, you clearly see that. Rem has a scar that looks like he has been run through before. How long is Rem's shower? It's just a quick shower. He's not like sitting there. It's just getting clean. Okay, so Ariel is still in the tub when he gets out. He's got a towel around him. Bubbles? Well, I think Ariel would have been like when she saw him because she can see the the scar on your chest again because you just have a towel. So she'd be like, that same scar is on your back too. What happened, Rem? Rem will look down at his chest and be like, oh, here's a scar. And then he'll just walk out, grab his pack on his way and head to her. They also, Kanina and Tempest would have seen Rim walk through the main area, just towel around his waist. All right, roll perception checks, guys. <laughs> if they look. Kanina. 20. Tempest. 19. You both also see the scar. It's one of those things where, like, I think just Kanina knows that you're a warrior. You've lived through a lot of stuff. So it's just like, that's that's a scar. It's part of who you are, but it doesn't really... 
spark any any significant interest from her except as a passing story if Rem ever chooses to bring it up. It's not something I don't think Kanina would really bring up because she might think it's impolite. So everyone in the party freshens up, changes into their more city garb instead of their traveling clothes and armor. And those of you that have armor that you wish to have cleaned and mended, all set it in a pile right inside the, the entranceway to the stairwell. So at the bottom of the stairs where they can see it, you would assume that they also have ways to enter. So you know that it's also protected in there. And at this point, you know that the time is coming for things to start. And as you step foot back out into the main area. Um, before I left the room, I would have made sure that the spear, spear. spear. <laughs> I would have made sure that that was like tightly bound and wrapped many layers with like a bed sheet or something, something so nobody can see it, accidentally touch it or anything. And it's with me. I'm not leaving that behind. I don't want room service to get suspicious or go take it or it disappear. Tariel sees you guys coming down again. I see that some of you clean up quite nicely. It seems that you've taken advantage of the washroom upstairs. Is that one of our bed sheets? <laughs> uh, perhaps I needed it. Do I want to know? No. no. All right, then. No questions asked any further. Do you need an escort to your booth at the arena? Is that going to cost extra? No, we're just going to show you and lead <laughs> you to your booth. The badges that you have are enough to get you seated, but if you are unfamiliar, then it would stand to reason that you'd need someone to lead the way. Sure, yeah. There's no sense in us getting lost. We'd love an escort. Okay. They gesture over and Elowin comes out. Elowin will be leading you off to your booth for the night. Do we have to stay at the booth the whole night? No. And Elowin stands in front of you, bows slightly. Are we ready? Yeah. Sure. Lead the way. All right, then. And Elowin starts heading out the front door of Farron's favor and... Do you plan on taking any detours as they lead you through the gates of the arena into your seats? As we're going, I'm going to be looking at the uh, the booth stalls of the yeah. I want to yeah. what, look and you know, see what the there. stalls have. Yeah, I think we'll catalog as we're going, like what's kind of around, what's on the way. Like, ooh, I want to go see that again. <laughs> ooh, <laughs> oh, they right have then. those over there. You always make a pass. I know Kanina is looking for some kind of specific items with ideas in mind, so. So to to help set expectations, I guess, the trip from Farron's Favor to the front of the arena is not very long, even on foot. Most of the stalls that you are seeing at this point are those ones that are the dark purple and black tented roof stalls that seem that they are part of the carnival or at least very closely tied to it. However, as you are walking, a few demonstrations stand out to you. At one stall, you notice that there are some wands that have the Midnight Carnival emblem, which is that crescent moon with the cloud underneath and a star in the center of it that emits a purple glow with black smoke. 
if the command word abracadabra is spoken. At another stall, you see cloaks in various shades of purple and black, some of them also having some silver embroidery on them that as you see the stall owners demonstrate them, they swish them around their necks, put the deep hood over, and with an unfelt gust, the cloak billows behind them. <gasps> it's one of those! And they also have the Midnight Carnival emblem emblazoned on the back of them. And at another stall, you see uh, foods. Um, these are more snack food, dessert type items. But the thing that really stands out as you walk by is a little kid saying, Mom, Mom, listen to this. And they put a small gem-like rock into their mouth and they open their mouth up and you just hear. And those are the things that stand out as you are making your way to the arena itself. And as you enter the interior of the arena, you hear loud music playing and cheers from the crowds above. There are other food stalls that seem to have food that is tied not only to the carnival, but local food vendors are set up. And everyone go ahead and roll perception. Ariel. Five. Kanina. Thirteen. Rem. Ten. Tempest. Twenty-five. Wow. <laughs> Perceptive. Tempest. Yes? You hear as you guys are meandering through the crowd. Ariel! 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 I, I got a five. I don't hear this. <laughs> I turn to look. Is it someone that I recognize? It is. Running up to you is a small dwarf woman. Her hands uh, look like they're slightly dusted in flour. Eldith? Eldith is running up to the party. Yay! <laughs> Krista is happy! Oh, turn it. Hey, guys! Look! It's Eldith! She's alive! <laughs> Eldith! Eldith! Errol's gonna run up to meet Eldith and give her a big hug. She hugs, she says, she's a dwarf. She's <laughs> she's low around your waist. You kind of hug around her shoulders. She just grabs you around the waist and lifts you up. You guys, you did it. I, I've been hearing the rumors. Yep. And you got me here. And, well, you got me here a little while ago, but I've been back. And, well, with the Midnight Carnival in town, I had to make sure that I got a stall here again today. So, so come this way. I have I have bread. You guys wanted some fresh dwarven bread. And now that I'm back in the, the city, I have some. And you guys can have some fresh. Yeah, that sounds excellent. I would love to. We're so glad to see that you made it here safe and that everything's been going well. And uh, she leads you. Elowen very respectfully follows you guys. And she leads you over to a stall. It's it's a tiny little maybe five foot wide stall stuck in with a bunch of the other food vendors. But behind her are like kind of big wicker baskets filled with an assortment of bread. And you see her just going, and uh, one of these, and uh, two, two of these, and do you guys like sweet things? Yeah. Yes. And uh, one, I two. really like honey. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, one of these, a couple of these, and she's laying a cloth out, and you see her starting to bundle things up individually, and she goes, Okay, now this one here, this is a more savory one. This is a good one to have with, with your uh, your meats for like your dinners or or uh, meals around the campfire. 
and she's getting another one and it's like this one's on the savory side too but this one's kind of the like uh the eat it on its own savory kind of as a as a snack it's it's not sweet so it's not like a after your meal thing it's just kind of like ooh, i'm hungry and i want to just eat something that tastes good that that's this one here and here and she piles up like six fist size rolls these ones here though these these ones are my my special sweetbreads and oh i i don't have any honey but these would be amazing with i ariel i've got to get some honey to have at the stall that would be really good drizzled on top of this and she's just bundling them all up tying them off is there a sign somewhere that says how much her breads and stuff are no okay we can't give her nothing i know as she's doing this uh arrows me like how much for all of this nothing you you guys basically saved my life and made sure that i was able to make money the the couple weekends ago if it wasn't for you guys, I was going to miss an entire market day. Does she have like a cup or something that's empty on the table? Oh, hell no. <laughs> well, I just wanted to just drop some, even if she didn't see me do it, just like an open. You could probably like uh, tuck some under some of her stuff, something like that. Do I see like a personal place where she just kind of chills? <laughs> if you want, I will let you roll a sleight of hand. To, like, as you're picking bread up, be able to slip whatever amount you want underneath it. I got a dirty 20. So what do you kind of slip under the the stack as you're picking things up? Well, Ariel doesn't know how much things really are. So I think she's going to reach into her coin purse and just grab a bunch of change. And she's probably going to do, like... So this will be like the gold and this will be like some silver. So one silver and seven gold. <laughs> That's still pretty good. <laughs> That's what she's going to put in. <laughs> All right. So Ariel picks up the breads that Eldith has laid out and bundled up for you guys. And at this point, Eldith is just like, thank you so much for what you've done. Um, I'm, I, I, you know, who knows? I, I might not be here today if it wasn't for you. So, uh, you. Go, go. The show's starting soon. Go enjoy the carnival, guys. Yeah, it was so good to meet up with you again. Yeah, thank you so much. We'll try and make it back to say hi again. Yeah, I know we kind of talked about hopefully being able for me to get you guys some fresh bread in town. And I'm just happy that we were able to make it work. I'm so happy that we got to see you. I was worried that we weren't going to be back this way in time. And at this point, you guys make your way following uh, Elowen off to your booth. On the way, Rimmel's stopping. Elowen? Yes. What is the significance of the black and purple? The Midnight Carnival. So how come some stalls have it and some don't? The stalls that uh, have the black and purple are directly tied to the Midnight Carnival. Uh, some of them are people that travel following the carnival around and are seen as somewhat of an official vendor for the carnival. Whether that is entirely true or not is often up for debate. And some of them are legitimately partnered with the carnival itself. And you may even see the stall workers uh, in the performance tonight. 
And the ones that don't are uh, local merchants. Uh, people do come in from outside of the city, as well as people that do their own craft work in the city uh, for big events like this. The Midnight Carnival is one of the biggest events of the year, but Port Norsal does regularly hold a tournament about once a month, and other events do pass through here to make use of the arena. So we draw in crowds of vendors looking to find a leg up in the world. I see. Thank you. Does it always happen around this time of year? The Midnight Carnival does. Uh, the first weekend of Mononon is usually when you will find the Midnight Carnival. Yeah, one of the guards as we were uh, coming into town had told us it was a once-in-a-lifetime event, so not to miss it. <laughs> oh, many people, especially if they're traveling through, do cite this as an experience that is unmatched. It does sound like quite the event to uh, <laughs> put in the record books. Do you have any further questions about the event tonight? No. When did uh, the Midnight Carnival start? Ooh, I myself have only been here for about 70 years. The Midnight Carnival is at least that old. Oh, wow. So it's quite the uh, tradition for Port Norsal then. <laughs> Port Norsal and the, the Midnight Carnival isn't exclusive to our area. They are a traveling performance. Oh, are they you really? Can, find them probably every couple months or every month or so in a different city around Saval. That's interesting to hear. And it is definitely a sight to behold. They have a wide range of performances, uh, a lot of visual performance. You will hear all sorts of music. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but the troupe itself is known to have over a hundred uh, members that all have their own sets of talents that they make use of throughout the event. Well, it was interesting to hear some of the history behind this, and we're looking forward to seeing the uh, main events. I'm sure it will be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And at this point, like, this was kind of, as he was walking, Elowin would turn around as you guys made your way through the crowd. They already know where the booth is, so they can kind of do it with their eyes closed. So they would turn backwards, walk to more directly address you guys. And shortly after getting your sort of history lesson about the carnival, Elowin gestures, oh, and, uh, here we will pass through here, out onto the arena floor, and from there it's only another dozen or so yards to the booth. And they take you off to the booth. And this booth, you see uh, that very familiar logo at this point, the F that is come to be known as the Farron Family Crest. And there's a banner that hangs at the front of this booth that says Farron's Favor. Go ahead and roll perception, guys. Ariel. 18. Kanina. 11. Rem. 16. Tempest. 20. On this one, everyone that got over 15 notices that four booths over to your left, you see a banner that has the Limping Sword Tavern across it. Is there anybody in that booth? There is. Um, you can actually see from here, there is a older gentlemen. They look like they have been through a lot in a previous life. Something 
decades or so old. They're they're kind of weathered. They have a shaved head. They are very athletic, but you can tell that they have done hard work in the past. But he's got a hell of a story. And that's just another name that stands out to you since it was a, another lodging place that you were directed to. Elwyn, guide you into the booth. The booth itself isn't anything super special. It's, you know, a fenced-in area. You do notice a similar enchantment has been placed on the actual uh, surrounding of the booth so that you guys are allowed through and not just anyone could come camp out at this. But the primary draw of being in this booth is the fact that you are on the floor of the arena instead of stuck in the stands. And you see already laid out is another plate of meats and cheeses. You see fresh fruits, vegetables, and a very small, like talking in the four to six ounce range flask. Ariel's hungry, so she's going to go over to that and start munching. What's in the flask? It is a slightly purplish hinted liquid. Yeah, Kanina will kind of go over. She's curious about it, so she'll give it a sniff, maybe taste check. Ah, interested in trying the Lavier Dol Tavar? Oh, this is that. <laughs> yes. Based on your reaction earlier, I'm guessing you are unfamiliar with this. Indeed, that is correct. The main bit of advice that I can give you with it is drink it slow. Hmm. What is it made out of? Uh, primarily, it is made from a fermented tree sap. From there, it is flavored with the essence of various herbs and berries that are commonly found in the elven lands. Interesting. And specifically, the sap as well comes from the sap of a tree that grows in the elven forest. Kanina will try, I guess, a small bit of it. Uh, is there like cups or shot glasses or something that we can drink from? Or is this a one of those things where you kind of sip it from the flask or something and share around? No, so this it, setup for it is kind of a single flask. I'm kind of thinking of this as being a ball flask that has a long narrow stem off of the top of it that sits in a circular stand so it stands a little bit elevated and then sitting around it at six points are small like probably only even a half ounce uh, glass so slightly larger than a thimble Uh, wow that must be uh, potent stuff to (laughs) have such small glasses Depending on how you look at it, it's not so much a matter of potency. It's more a matter of wanting to experience and savor the flavors. It's not very pleasant if you drink too much too quickly. Though, it does take a fair amount of it to have any sort of mental effect. I see. With that, I think uh, Kino, you know, pour herself one of those small little thimble glasses and, uh, help herself some, some food and whatnot, because she's interesting in basically trying everything there is to eat. <laughs> Tempest will join her in taking a glass and ask, uh, is there a common translation for the name? The common tongue for it would be the water of life, taken from uh, La Vie Delphir, the forest of life where it comes from. And as far as drinking it, the liquid itself is very thin 
think kind of rubbing alcohol, like that consistency, like thinner than water is how it feels as you pour it and drink it. However, once it hits your tongue, the feeling shifts in your mouth to one that is more like drinking honey or a thick maple syrup oh. or tree sap. Um, the flavors, it instantly warms your mouth and you start feeling it warm through your core. It's a slight bitterness from the flavor of the sap which they try to mellow out with, in this case, some it tastes like crushed blackberries was given as a flavoring. And at the very end of your drink, and it kind of helps you see why it's limited in the way that it is, is you just get a little bit of that bite and alcohol burn as the honey feeling leaves your mouth. Yeah, Kanina will probably uh, try her best to savor the experience, but at the same time, I don't think she really feels like it's for her. <laughs> like she'll 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 drink it, you know, and, and uh, probably enjoy all the like the variety in it. But especially as like the bite of the alcohol hits and stuff, and just be like, mm, yeah, <laughs> certainly an experience. That was a trip. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think I think Kanina probably thinks more so to herself that she's more into uh, meads and <laughs> beers and that kind of thing. Something you can heartily swig with companions rather than daintily sip. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can, especially with the setup and everything, you're seeing that for the elves, this is a very social drink. Yeah. As you guys sit there in the booth, snacking on the provided food, sampling the elven beverage. Uh, does, does anyone other than Kanina and Tempest feel like trying this out? No. I don't think that Ariel would unless they How said- sweet is it? It's definitely not comparable to something like a mead as far as sweetness. It's more on the bitter, warm end, and your sweetness is coming more from fruit. Yeah, the hints of crushed blackberries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think Kanina would recommend it if it was something that was a little bit more like sweet comparable to mead, but I don't think uh, Kanina would go out of her way to recommend it because <laughs> she does herself wasn't very fond. Ariel recommended cheeses. Mm, these are so good, guys. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> and as you guys are there, and even before you guys got there, there are a lot of performers kind of cycling around, practicing for the night. Um, you'll know, like, every once in a while, a, a group will come, do a few tricks in front of you, move on to the next booth, move and stand in front of the stands, and you see stage magicians, jugglers, blade swallowers, fire dancers, stilt walkers, knife throwers, and pretty much any sort of performance you could expect to see in some sort of fair or carnival setting. There, You've got people that are doing mock combats. There are people that come and do oration where they're doing some storytelling possibly with a couple others that are acting along with them. And after 15, 20 minutes of you guys being there and things settling down, it's definitely turning into that purpley evening tone as the sun has started to go down. And the lights around the arena begin to dim and spotlights from many different angles immediately focus on the dead center of the arena where nothing is. The music stops, 
In a flash of the lights, there is suddenly a small circular stage, about three feet tall and five feet in diameter, but nothing else. And another flash and a blast of purple smoke fills the center of the arena, and a single man, dressed in a long purple coat with a large black top hat, is standing on the stage as the smoke clears, head down and arms outspread. He looks up and with a booming voice says, Come one, come all, to the greatest show on Saval. Welcome to the Midnight Carnival. I am Amadan, and I will be your ringmaster for tonight. I have traveled far and wide to bring you talent that you have never seen. Tonight, you will see creatures that live only in your dreams. Tonight, your world will change. You will wake up tomorrow, never to forget what you have seen here tonight. Let the show begin. With another flash, Amadan and his stage are gone. The music starts up, and a number of aerial performances begin. The show continues on for some time, with many of the acts that one would expect from a carnival interspersed with bits of dramatic theater performances. Many of the performers circle around the floor, making sure to stop by the dozen or so booths placed on the ground to give a more personal performance for those with the larger pocketbooks. After an hour and a half or so of performances, continuing on in front of you, a figure is suddenly in the booth with your party. His clothes give him away instantly as Amadan. He has long, wavy, jet black hair, a well-groomed beard, and a longer mustache with a slight upward twirl at the ends. And his eyes are a stunning deep purple. Did any of us notice how he got there? No. So he just appeared? You were busy paying attention to the performance. Not even eagle-eyed Tempest? Yeah. I mean, he disappeared in his stage and everything disappeared. Well, so I know, but I mean, magic. like, Rim's not exactly a carefree person. So he'll be a little surprised that somebody just appears, basically, in the tent with us. But he'll, you know, noticing that it's the same ringleader, he'll just kind of look at him and look back to the spectacle. So... Amadan appears behind you guys in a seated position on the bench. The way that this is laid out is a couple seats interspersed with benches in the booth, about five or so rows deep. And wherever you guys are, he has appeared one row behind you. And you just hear, so, what do you think of the show? Ariel's going to turn around and be like, Hi, I'm Ariel. Your magic is amazing. My magic? Well, you disappeared. Oh, up there. Yeah. A little bit of showmanship. That helps get people invested and interested in the show. And then she's going to take out a coin and she's going to use message and she's going to say, I can do magic too. And then she's going to levitate the coin in her hand. He snaps his fingers and the coin disappears. And then she's going to clap. <laughs> Rim's going to start looking around for pickpockets and thieves. <laughs> I was going to say, what kind of coin was it? Was it a copper, a silver, or a gold? <laughs> or platinum. Jesus. Do you know how much we're carrying? I don't know. Should I roll d d6? He reaches his hand back out and twirling the coin that you were floating across his knuckles, he hands it back to you. Well, that was fun. <laughs> She's going to put it, it back in her coin. Quite cup. entertaining. It's not often that the guests have parlor tricks of their own. We can do a few things. We're just adventurers, though. So, have you guys 
been to the Midnight Carnival before. Is this your first experience? It's our first time. This is my first experience with any carnival. He leans back and kind of crosses his legs, putting his feet on the, the bench in front of him. And what brings you here today? What brings you to Port Norsal and uh, the Midnight Carnival performance that we are putting on for you tonight? Well, we were passing through on our way back home to Riven, and we uh, heard that this was going on, so we thought we'd uh, check it out. As uh, Ariel said, we've not really been to a carnival before, so we thought it sounded fun. And are your expectations being met? Yeah, so far it seems like a blast. I don't think I had any expectations. I didn't even know what a carnival really was. Well, I'm glad that you guys seem entertained. Yes, I like all the fire performances. I'm going to go ahead and use my divine sense. Okay, what do you see with that? That's basically good and evil. I know if there's any celestials, fiends, undead within 60 feet. He knows what we are. He's, mi- he's done yeah, it Yeah, I've seen them both light up before. <laughs> yeah, he's seen us on the boat. <laughs> it's less alignment-based and more just like others. Okay. Nothing is showing up out of the ordinary for you. Okay. How does Rem utilize his ability in this sense? He's just, you know, like he, he expands his awareness as because he's a paladin, he just kind of has it. He expands his awareness to the metaphysical. And in this case, do you turn around to look at anything or do you just continue watching? Well, he's been, as they've been talking, he's kind of been watching the conversation, munching on some cheese or something, but hasn't said anything. But then seeing the magic the guy created and carnivals tend to be both amazing festivals and areas that can draw the less savory crowd. He's just kind of like, I need to check things out real quick. Kind of just lets his divine sense tell him if anything's out of the ordinary. As Rem taps into this energy and blinks, you have Amadan sitting next to you, sitting on a stool of air, essentially, arm kind of up next behind your shoulder. So, my friend, what are you looking for? Nothing. All right, then. Feel free to keep your secrets. It's fine. Hmm. I simply make myself aware. I see. Is there something that troubles you here tonight? Not yet. Not yet. Are you expecting trouble? I would hope not. Huh. I hope not as well. Ah. And he points up into the front. That's my cue. And nothing of import is going on in the center of the field. When uh, he says, oh, that's my cue, does he just walk out? Or does he poof? He's gone. He just he fades poof, He just disappears. <gasps> He's so cool, you guys. As he vanishes, the lights of the arena go completely dark and silence fills the space. The silence hangs for long enough that it feels like something has gone wrong. And suddenly a loud bang fills the arena. A flash of sparkling white lights fall from the sky. A few more seconds of silence and darkness. Another bang and purple lights streak toward the sky and explode into bright white and purple flashes. The music starts back up and even more bangs this time culminating into the Midnight Carnival emblem that keeps its shape as it falls from the sky, directly on top of Amadon, and twinkle out around him on his center stage. Are you all having a good time? How have you enjoyed your experience with the carnival so far? We hope to see you again soon. And now, for your finale, Once again, the lights of the arena flash, and standing 20 feet away from Amadon are four kobolds. 
The creatures you see before you are known as a kobold. And they seem stuck in place, squirming, kind of trying to charge in his direction. All throughout the wilderness of the land, these things are nothing more than a pest. And yet in a large number, they can create a problem. But as I said, to those with experience, and he waves his hand and the kobolds fade to dust, they're but a mere pest. The lights of the arena flash again, and this time, rotated half of a circle around from where the kobolds were are four goblins. They're shouting obscenities in goblin, looking around at the crowd with weapons drawn, making crude gestures at them. And I'm sure you've all heard of a goblin. I'm sure you all tell your children's stories about the goblins coming to take them away in the night if they do not listen to their parents. Children, you really should listen to your parents because the goblins are real and they will take you away in the middle of the night. But much like the kobold, to one with experience, and he waves his hand and flames erupt around them and they fall into piles of ash. I think at this point, Kenina's getting uh, slightly disturbed. disturbed. Same with Ariel, like... I have my dice in my hand looking at my arcana. I'm like, is this something that I think is just magic and not real? But to one with experience, they can also be a mere pest. Many of the people that fight in this very arena are more than capable of handling these small problems. The lights go dark for a second more. Nina, were those real? They sure seemed like it. He just... The kobolds. I know that in the cave, I liked the kobolds. And in the darkness, you guys hear the chattering of hyenas. The lights flash on to see six gnolls now standing in the circle around Amadon. Question real quick. Yes. The serving plates of meats and cheeses. Does it have like a carving knife? (laughs) <laughs> or a serving fork. Yes. Rim, Rim's going to slowly reach over and pick up the serving fork. Is Rim getting disturbed? And these. I'm sure almost every one of you sitting in the stands has heard of the null problem that was terrorizing the road from here. Why is it that no one decided to put a stop to them? Ariel's going to yell, We did! His attention falters for a moment as the shout comes and three of the gnolls start charging off in your direction. And go ahead and everyone roll perception. Ariel. 15. Kenina. 8. Rem. 16. Tempest. 21. Tempest. You notice a change in his disposition as the gnolls break free and start charging. And you kind of see a sense of panic in his face. And real quickly, he makes a motion and with a wave of his hand, the gnolls all collapse into piles of dust as well. And he points off in the direction of Ariel. She says that they've taken care of the gnoll problem. I happened to visit the booth not too long ago and found out that they are new to this area. And he 
is pointedly looking off in a direction, but you guys don't know what he's looking at specifically. Can we follow his eyeline? Yes, if, if you follow his eyeline, you see that there is a more well-established booth up in the actual stands themselves, but nothing about it is something that you can make out from here. Newcomers to your realm were able to take care of a problem that was harming the small folk of this city. Did it have to come to that? A wave of my hand and they were gone. Someone just had to care enough to do something. What is he getting at? I don't know, but I don't like his methods. Yeah, I'm starting to think that he's not actually that cool anymore. <laughs> when when they faded to dust, did it look like the same kind of dust that Grimfang faded into, or is it like an image? No. Can I do an arcana check on like what kind of spell he's using? You could go ahead and do an arcana check. 22. With a 22, you are able to recognize that what he is doing is magic, but you are not able to pinpoint what the magic itself is. It seems to be something that is out of Kanina's current grasp. So she doesn't know if the things are real or not? No. Rim's leaning more forward now, like sitting kind of on the edge of the seat, looking at this guy. I think Kanina kind of gets kind of what he's getting at, but she's... uh not super thrilled with the method he's taking so she's kind of uncharacteristically scowling (laughs) and once again the lights dim in the darkness there's now a flash of red ariel is going to take a copper piece cast the light and chuck it where he was at the copper piece flies emitting light in i believe a 20 foot radius And it sails through the air for about 60 feet, and the light snuffs out. Did we see anything as it went that way? Was there anything, like, different? No. Okay. Rim's going to cast Detect Magic. Okay. Read me what Detect Magic actually gets you. Detect Magic for the duration. You sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. If you sense magic this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic, and you learn its school of magic, if any. The spell can permeate most barriers, but is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. So the magic that Rem detects is there was that barrier that is around the booth that you guys are sitting in, and then you detect a couple hints of magic from Elwyn, who is sitting next to you, kind of up on the edge of their seat. They seem very enthralled with the performance. Beyond that, what you are detecting is there's actually a darkness spell around you. Around just us or like in the entire area? You can only detect for 30 feet. But as far as I can tell, as in 30 far feet. as your 30 feet goes, there is a darkness spell around you. And this this continues for 10 minutes, so he's just still watching, letting this go. Okay. You need not fear the monstrous creatures that lurk in the wilderness. You merely need to know when to reach out and ask for help. And with another red flash, which is outside of where Rem can detect, you hear. However, there are things to fear. Things that most would just consider to be a myth. And this time there's a red flash, except it stays. 
and the lights gradually come up around it. And sitting in the middle of the field in front of him is a medium to large sized red scaled and winged creature. Do I know what this creature is? Because the myth of dragons does exist in Aurelia, you know what it is. You know as much as any of us would know what a dragon is if someone put one in front of us. Probably a wormling or something. Yeah, there's nothing. I don't have any way of knowing if it's a true dragon, like it's, it's a wyvern or something instead. I would just imagine this. Other than all the reading we did creature. when we were in. But they didn't explain what they looked like. They just said they were dragons. I think that to the best of the basic understanding, Rem would go, that's a dragon. Yeah, it's a small dragon, but it's a dragon. How far away is it? The arena field here is quite large. I would put it at being over 500 feet in diameter. So I would say that it's about 200-ish feet away from you guys. And the dragon rears up its head and roars fire into the sky. Who among you can tell me what this is? And you hear shouts from the crowd that it's a dragon. And yet you see one before you and you think it's myth. It's an illusion. And as Rem shouts out that it's an illusion, the dragon spins its head around and begins charging at you. Rem's still just going to stand there right at the edge. Roll for initiative. <laughs> Missed it off. Everyone roll for initiative. Oh. With my fork. Ariel. 17. Kanina. 16. Rem, 14. Tempest. 17. Uh, Tempest, is your dex higher than Ariel's? I don't know. I have a plus three. I have a plus three. Roll off. <laughs> 15 this time. 16. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> really competing for that initiative order. Tempest, you are up first. Um, I, I will... And I'm just deciding if I want to do... Um, wait, how far away is it? 200 feet. 200 feet. Okay, I can't do anything. I, I hold. Ariel. If dragon's charging at us, I cast Mage Armor on myself. Kanina. Um, I... I'll go ahead and hold an action for this. Okay. After that is Rem. So since I still have my Detect Magic on the barrier is like the no entrance barrier that's around us. Is that just at the entrances or is it around the entire box? It's around the entire box. Okay, so Rim's going to stand up and walk to the front edge of the box, which is stand there with his hand behind his back and watch this thing approach. He's going to look over to me and be like, just hold here for a moment. But he's going to be staring straight down at this charging lizard. It is now the dragon's turn. And in its charge, it takes to the air and flies five feet off the ground, 60 feet directly at you, which puts it at 140 feet away. Um, just from like Kanina's dreams and stuff of seeing a uh, certain red dragon we know <laughs> blow flames, would she get a good approximation for like how far a, a breath attack from a dragon would be? Like what the range is? I'm going to say that you know that it can get quite large, but due to the size of this dragon, this looks like a babby dragon. You know that they can breathe fire for quite a distance in an adult form. However, at the very start of things, it breathes fire straight up into the air for about 15 feet. It was just theoretically, you know, if uh, that came into play. Tempest, you're up next. 
It's 140 feet away now. Yes. I will continue to hold. Ariel, you're up next. Um, I'm gonna go up by Rem. I'm gonna place my hand on the back of his shoulder and say, here's some protection. And I'm going to cast Shield of Faith on him. That's plus two bonus to your AC. Kanina, you're up next. Uh, she'll go up front closer to uh, where this is all happening, but she'll continue to hold. Ram, it's back around to you again. He's going to still be standing there staring at it, just waiting. He's going to look over his shoulder to, to Errol and be like, thank you. The dragon flies directly at you guys, another 60 feet, putting it 80 feet away. Tempest. Well, I'm just waiting until I can, as soon as it's within 60 feet, I can use Hunter's Sense and immediately learn whether the creature has any damage immunities, resistances, or vulnerabilities, and what they are if the creature is not hidden from divination magic. So you could say that you wait till 1060. Yes. Okay. Ariel, you are up next. Um, it's just Rem and I right there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Kanina's up there up front, too. Okay. Uh, I don't really want to hurt this dragon because, well, I'm upset about all of those other creatures being destroyed. So I'm going to just ready myself defensively to cast just a simple cantrip if it's coming at any of us, if it seems like it's going to be within 60 feet and attack. I don't I don't want to attack it first. Okay, so only if it looks like it's attacking. Yeah, if it's like open mouth grab or like flame building inside its mouth about to shoot. Okay, Kanina, you're up next. She's probably also going to just sit and wait because of the fact that we are within this uh, kind of shielded area, technically. Uh, She also does find it odd that this dragon decided to just kind of come and charge directly at us. Considering that there are other people in the stand shouting, she finds it weird that we're singled out. So she's going to sit and see what happens, but still be prepared just in case. Rem, you're up next. Rem is going to hold until the creature gets within 60 feet. Okay. The creature flies another 60 feet forward. Tempest was first on initiative, so your ability will trigger first. So I I immediately learn any immunities, resistances, or vulnerabilities. You focus your attention on this, thinking through your ranger's training, and you do not recognize any uh, vulnerabilities, resistances, or immunities. Rem, you were next in initiative. So as this creature comes within 60 feet, he is going to use uh, his channel divinity and going to abjure the enemy, so it needs to make a wisdom saving. Four. So it fails. So as an action, I can choose one creature within 60 feet that I can see and make it make a wisdom saving throw. And on a failure, the creature is frightened and its speed is reduced to zero. It can gain no bonuses from any movement speed for one minute or until it takes damage. Okay. And I did that basically as it came within 60 feet of us. Let me just minute stop. Basically, I scared it really bad. Okay. It continues its flight 40 feet more until it's 20 feet away from you. Tempest, it is your turn. Wait, as it enters 20 feet, it goes into my sensing of uh, magics. You detect that it is magical. Tempest, it is your turn. So it didn't stop? No, but you also do not know what Rem did to know that it should but, have. But it didn't stop. No, it is 20 it's feet away. It's still coming at And us. as far as you know, it has no weaknesses to anything. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to use Slayer's Prey. So if I do decide to attack it, I just get an extra 1d6. Okay. Is that the end of your turn? Yeah. Ariel, you are up next. How far away is Amadan? Can we we can see him? Go ahead and roll perception. I don't know. It's six. Okay. So he's still coming at us. He looks angry, I'm assuming. As angry as a flying lizard that's about six or seven feet long flying directly at you looks. Rim doesn't look scared. I don't want to hurt it. So I'm just going to hold my hands up ready to cast Ray of Frost on it. <laughs> like I'm still going to wait for it to attack first. Okay, so if it makes an attack, then you'll cast Ray of Frost. Yeah. Is that the end of your turn? Yeah. Kanina. Are there any uh, flames around? None that you see. Are we still inside a darkness spell? No, the lights came on oh, with the dragon. Okay. I'll pass. Okay. Ram, it is your turn. So I'm going to use my action to detect what type of magic it is. Illusion. And then he's going to place his hand on the banister and hop over the wall into the arena and use his 20 feet of motion to approach the illusionary dragon. Just to approach it? Well, just until he can basically touch it. <laughs> is he going to try to touch it? Uh, sure. Bonus action. Attempt to touch. <laughs> Where do you attempt to touch the dragon? Well, you said it's flying five feet off the ground. Yeah. He's like six feet tall, so he's just going to put his hand as the face or whatever comes in. So Rem steps over the barrier, walks towards the dragon, and places his hand up. And as a dragon's nose makes contact with Rem's hand, it disperses into a bunch of red squiggling lights like fireworks. Ariel's at that moment gonna whisper to Nina, oh good, everything was fake. Mm. And then stand in the middle of said squiggly lights and be like, see, an illusion. We're just gonna piss that guy off. Don't think we're welcome at the Midnight Carnival anymore. I don't think we've really done that much wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're gonna end the episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Aurelia. You can help the show out a ton if you tell others about it by sharing episodes on social media. You can get in touch with us by joining our Discord server at adventuresinarelia.com discord, where you can chat with the cast and our friends not only about the show, but about video games, Dungeons and Dragons, and other geeky things. Lastly, we'd like to thank the artists who allow us to use their music on our show. Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, Tabletop Audio, Windswept, Sirenscape, Alexander Nakarada from Serpent Sound Studios, Adrian Von Ziegler, Scott Buckley, Michael Gelfi, and Alec Wiesner. You can find links to all of these wonderful artists at adventuresinarelia.com slash music. <laughs>